Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, folks, life is a complicated mess. It, it just is. Uh, there are so few things where the difference between right and wrong are so transparently obvious. You know, as I say often, the whole field of ethics, right, is about the world being almost infinitely gray, not just black and white. I say that because we have a situation in front of us where we have, for the first time in a long time, the fight between good and evil being obvious. There's no gray. There's a black and a white here. There's no gray in this at all. And it's the truckers versus the tyrants. There's no gray. If, there, if you think it's gray, you're on the wrong side because it's not gray. I want to get to that today. Uh, I'm going to talk about that. I want to talk about what's happening with the truckers here. Also, does China know something? Like, what is going on over in Ukraine? I want to, I want to talk a little bit about that. Very, very, uh, very important show today. Don't miss it. Uh, your data, folks, it's your business. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I've got that, including the embarrassing media trying to leverage a really awful situation to try to protect Joe Biden yet again. No shocker there, folks. That's not breaking news on the show today. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, let's go. Finally, yeah, we had a little audio-ish. Took a little while to clear up. Yeah, long Joe long. was on it. Joe and Yeah, now Gee. you sound terrific, Joe. So as I said before, rarely is the fight between good and evil so obvious. It's just not. The entire field of ethics is a gray area. That's why it's, uh, you know, it's important to understand life is lived on the margin, not here. The truckers versus the tyrants is a clear, you are either with freedom and liberty and God-given rights, or you're not. And if you're not, you're one of the bad guys. There's no justifying it. There's no putting lipstick on that pig. There's no sanding down the edges. I'm telling you, look, yeah, look at me, Fokker, with an O, if you saw me eat the parasite. You get, look at me. You are the bad guy if you're on the other side of this. I'm sorry that's hard for you to digest. Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry that you're not on our side because you're wasting your time cavorting around with, your bu- with a bunch of evil idiots. Here, I want you to listen to this. This is Kyle uh, Sefcik. He's from the uh, Freedom Convoy, the People's Convoy. Apparently one of the representatives for this. There's a lot of them. It's, it's uh, not a hierarchical organization, but they have spokespeople like anyone else. And he's talking about the Freedom Convoy, this People's Convoy here in the United States. And I want you to listen to this. This is how it's done. This is a peaceful, organized group of freedom-loving patriots who have no desire for violence or conflict like the BLM and Antifa terrorists. They're making it clear from the start what their goals are. They're making everything transparent so there's no guesswork and they don't want any provocateurs in their ranks. This, ladies and gentlemen, is how it's done. Watch this. And tell me why you're not on this guy's team if you're a liberal lunatic. Check this out. This message is for the president of the United States of America. 
My name is Kyle Sefcik of the Freedom Combo USA 2022, and our routes meet here in DC on March 1st in time for your State of the Union address. We are very organized and our routes are public. I even pulled a permit for the National Mall to be respectful. I just wanna be as transparent as possible from the start so there's no confusion. We are coming peacefully and we're gonna do this lawfully and constitutionally. I want the rest of the world to know our plans so that there's no twisting and lying about who and what we are. I'm coming to you as a father, a small business owner who's unaffiliated to any parties. We just want government overreach to end. On behalf of Freedom Convoy USA 2022, we are asking you to end the state of emergency, end the mandates once and for all. Sir, the world is watching us because they know that if what's happening in Canada happens to us here in the land of the free, then freedom as we know it is gone. So we are leaving the choice to you. The decision is in your hands. This whole convoy, this whole assembly on the National Mall, it doesn't even have to happen if you just end things now and we can get on with our lives. Is that guy, you know, yeah, yeah, right? Well, I mean, it goes on. There's about another minute to that, but in the interest of time, I, uh, I, I had to cut it just a little bit short there. But, you know, Guy brought up an interesting point. Does that look like a Nazi, white supremacist, fascist, murderer, killer, transphobic, racist, uh, homophobic? Does that look like that to you? Oh, if it does, you're probably no. an idiot. Hell no is right. You are probably a moron if you believe that. And you have to ask yourself, if that guy, if that guy is your enemy, then you're probably an enemy of freedom and liberty. That's the way it's done, folks. That's the way it's done emphasizing what the goals are, how the intentions are to be peaceful. They're making it public. They're doing things by the numbers. There are times to do things not by the numbers. This is not one of them. They're doing things by the numbers. And the numbers will be there. I'm asking you to support them. I had one of the uh, spokespeople for the People's Convoy on my radio show yesterday, Maureen Steele. The website, if you would like to support them, is thepeoplesconvoy.org. Not peoplesconvoy.org. It's thepeoplesconvoy.org. You'll see it on the screen right here. Thepeoplesconvoy.org. Folks, please go to the website. Melt the servers down. Set those servers on fire. Support these people. They are there for you. A couple of things here. Beware, and I'm, I know they're, I, these people, the, these folks are very sophisticated involved in this. I know the left wants you to believe they're blitz and redneck, hey, see, no, no, no. These are extremely sophisticated, smart, intelligent patriots who know exactly what they're fighting for. They are fighting for you and for your freedoms. They want you to know up front this is a peaceful rally. Beware, anyone who joins. Beware of provocateurs in your midst. It is clear the left would like nothing more than an excuse to violently crack down on these peaceful truckers fighting for body sovereignty, freedom, and liberty. It is clear the left embraces violence. They love violence. They live by violence. It's the coin of their realm. Their rallies involve burning down cities and beating the hell out of people, potentially murdering them and attacking them threatening to rape people like they threatened to rape my wife, Antifa and BLM, when we walked out of the White House at the time Donald Trump gave his speech at the White House. These are sick people. That is not us. Again, as I started, rarely is a fight 
is the fight between good versus evil so transparently obvious as it is right this second. We are the good guys. I have no doubt. Beware of provocateurs in our midst. Please. There's nothing more they'd like than to incite violence in this group and to give the left an excuse for a violent crackdown like the dictatorship in Canada. Folks, here's what we're up against. I can't emphasize this enough. This is a good versus evil fight. And if you are not on our side, you should be asking yourself, why? Why? We're up against the proponents of this great reset who are using COVID and the mandates to start from year zero to scratch our, 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 our hundred plus year history of being a constitutional republic and Canada having a history of being a representative democracy. They want to scratch that and replace it with dictatorial state power. They're doing it in Canada right now. You doubt me? Oh, no, Dan, come on. Canada, you're being hard on Canada, dictator Trudeau, deputy dictator Freeland, the new dictatorship in Canada. These are just temporary powers. Ah, sorry you fell for that, suckers. Sorry. Here's deputy dictator. So he calls herself deputy prime minister. She's really deputy dictator. Christia Freeland, one of the most incompetent, tyrannical buffoons I have ever seen or heard from in my life. Even less competent than Kamala Harris, who is not even smart enough to institute a dictatorship here yet, although they're trying. Here's deputy dictator of Canada, Christia Freeland, talking about how, you know, those emergency act powers, Joe, remember they were going to be, oh, they're just temporary. Yeah. You know what? We just need to, uh, we, we just need to make sure we violently assault some truckers steal their ability to make money, confiscate yeah. their bank accounts and put them in jail. Once we do that, Joe, don't worry. It's all going to go away. <laughs> Sorry you fell for that. Huh? Listen to the deputy dictator in Canada herself. Check this out. In terms of the financial instruments, which our government is using right now to act against these illegal blockades and illegal occupation, uh, we reviewed very, very carefully the tools at the disposal of the federal government. Uh, and we used all the tools that we had prior to the invocation of the Emergencies Act, and we determined that we needed some additional tools. Now, some of those tools, uh, we will be putting forward uh, measures to put those tools permanently in place. Uh, the authorities of FinTrack, I believe, do need to be expanded to cover crowdsourcing platforms uh, and uh, payment platform and their payment providers. This is not some, you know, bad movie here, folks. This is not uh, a bad comic book you read when you were a kid about dictators and the galactic empire, whatever. He made a Star Wars analogy during the clip play. This is real. They have salivated at having dictatorial powers to confiscate your money, take away your private property, take away your freedom and throw you in jail. Um, you would think to yourself, my gosh, the incredible backlash to this coming from the United States and within the patriotic community in Canada would have made them think twice. No wrong. Canadian dictatorial MPs and dictator Trudeau and Freeland voted Yesterday, to keep this going, a vote of confidence, 185, what is it, 185 to 151? 
And now your deputy dictator said, our dictatorial powers are permanent. Listen, I can't say this enough. Get your money out of Canadian banks ASAP. Do not wait. Do not do business in Canada. Do not cross the border in Canada. Sanctions should be levied about against Canadian authorities that did this. Canada is now a full-blown dictatorship. That's not open for debate. I am always into a back and forth. I'm not debating this. It is a fact. I'm playing you their own words. I'm not going to debate what they said. I'm just going to show it to you. They want permanent dictatorial powers. Truckers should not deliver a thing to Canada until Canada can ensure them civil rights, a basic degree of civil rights again. You can't, I would not, I wouldn't dare enter Canada. You will not find me in Canada ever until they change this. Ever. Do not fly through Canada. You are putting yourself at risk. Showing you how corrupt dictator Trudeau and his deputy dictator Freeland are. Here's a video I found hat tip post millennial. This is Justin Trudeau a while ago. He's endorsing a candidate here, Julia Bourgeois. What a perfect name there. He's endorsing. I want you to pay very close attention to the name here. Here's audio video of Trudeau backing this candidate, telling you how wonderful Julie Bourgeois is. Uh, I'll tell you who she is in a minute, but check this out. It's an extraordinary pleasure for me to tell you how much I have. Uh, great admiration for Julie Bourgeois. Uh, Her vision, her authenticity, uh, her strength uh, is going to be an amazing asset both to the people of Glengarry Prescott Russell but also to everyone in the House of Commons after the next elections when I will have hopefully the honor of uh, sitting beside her in the House. Thank you very much. Well, who's Julie Bourgeois who Trudeau loves so much? Such an honor, such integrity. Yeah, she's the judge, the dictatorial judge that just denied bail to one of the freedom convoy organizers, Tamara Lick. Denied bail. It's apparently a, uh, a, 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 what, a terrorist type threat to the government of Canada. Yeah, a peaceful freedom truck, uh, freedom convoy organizer. See how corrupt this all is? This is the kind of stuff, folks, I swear, that happens in really bad Netflix specials that you're like, gosh, that could never happen in real life. This was a story about Canada. I'm not kidding. And it's like in a Netflix special about Canada going to a dictatorship. Joe, come on, be honest. Six months ago, you'd laugh like Canada. That's a joke. Like sure. Canada dictatorship in Canada. Like it, it was, it's, it's so antithetical to what you believed about what was supposed to be a representative democracy. You would have laughed. Right. No one's laughing. It's actually happening right now. This is what we're up against, folks. As I said, there rarely in life are these clear delineation points between good and evil. Life is very complicated and messy. Not now. You're either with freedom and liberty and against the tyrants or you're not. Period. Here's what we're up against too. It's spreading over here. You're seeing liberal lunatics here, socialist, tyrant, fascist wannabes here. Who are seeing what's happening in up, up north, the deputy dictator and the dictator loving these newfound powers to steal people's money and liberty. And people down here are learning. They're like, hey, why don't we do that here? This whole private property thing, Joe, totally overrated. Here's a Daily Wire article, be in the newsletter today by Ryan Savidra. Democratic congressman, they're talking about Congressman Ruben Gallego, a disgrace to humankind. He says we should seize trucks from protesters headed to DC. 
and give them the growing businesses. Again, please tell me. Please tell me how you think you're on the right side of this thing if you're on the side of the tyrants and the fascists. Please explain that to me. You've got these middle-class men and women feeding you, transporting your food, your medicine, your clothing around the country, these truckers, these hardworking, dirt-under-the-fingernails patriots, right? You eat because of them. You eat because of you're alive because of them. You have no capability to do what they do at all. And because they're driving to D.C. peacefully, as you heard the organizers say, they're being entirely transparent about where they're going to be. You want to seize their trucks and give them away to other people. This is insane. I'm telling you, if this was a crazy Netflix movie, you'd be like, this is the nuttiest thing I've ever seen in my life. This is why I said to you yesterday, it is our obligation our obligation to support them. If you believe in the constitutional republic, it is our obligation to support them. The peoplesconvoy.org. The peoplesconvoy.org. Please support them. All right. Uh, I want to get to my, uh, my next sponsor, a quick break. But after that, I want to get to just, I'm going to wrap this up with Trudeau to show you how this guy is, he's just giving you the double-barreled, family-friendly middle finger right now. He's laughing at all of us. The authoritarian dictator trying to call out what he believes authoritarianism is overseas is just comical to watch. I'll get to that. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to four hundred dollars, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com/survival, and while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than two hundred rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, and they're all made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Here it is here. Trudeau showing you again this good versus evil fight is kicking you right in the cojones right now. There's no in-between area. Here's Trudeau, the new dictator of Canada, who now has political prisoners, who has stolen and confiscated people's wealth, and wants to make these dictatorial powers permanent. Hilariously calling out yesterday... Russia in the Ukraine situation and authoritarianism, apparently not looking at the mirror right in front of his face and be like, oh, there he is. There's the authoritarian right there. Here, watch this comic, watch this BS act this guy puts on. Canada and our allies will defend democracy. We are taking these actions today to stand against authoritarianism. The people of Ukraine, like all people, must be free to determine their own future. We will continue working with our international partners to safeguard Ukraine's territorial integrity and prevent further Russian aggression. 
Holy Moses, man, you want to talk about a self-awareness problem. Is this guy for real? He's cracking down and holding political prisoners in his own country because he doesn't agree with their political ideology, confiscating their wealth, their property, and their assets, making it hard for them to even pay for food. He's frozen bank accounts. He's keeping people in jail with judges he supports, political prisoners in prison. And he's talking about Russia and Ukraine. The lack of self-awareness with these liberal buffoons is just stunning to watch. That is not an act. He really did that. He said that. That's not a joke. It's not the Babylon Bee. It's not us editing it, making his mouth move and Joe voiceovering him. That's actually Trudeau. I, I mean, you want to talk about the just complete lack of self-awareness. It's stunning there. Want to talk about Russia and Ukraine? Fine. It's an important, critical story. Are we going to focus as much time on the brewing dictatorship on our northern border? Sounds like kind of a problem to me, folks. And it's right here. All right. Speaking of Ukraine. Listen, I, I, I can't vouch for every statistic in here. We've been doing our homework, but I'm putting it up because it's, uh, it's from Zero Hedge. And it's interesting if, if the numbers are, are even remotely accurate. Given everything that's going on with the global instability right now between China and Taiwan, Ukraine and Russia, Iran trying to get a nuclear bomb, it's a lot going on, a lot we have to be concerned about. But I ask you this, is China, are they, are they prepping for something? This is a tweet from uh, Zero Hedge. China currently holds an estimated 84% of global copper, 70% of corn, 51% of wheat, 40% of soybeans, 26% of crude oil, and 22% of aluminum inventories. Cite JPM. China stockpiling commodities? Why would they be doing that? Why did they tell their people, and this I can confirm, months ago that it was a good idea to start preparing uh, with emergency food and, uh, and, and then to start stocking up item on items? food and things like that. Why would they do that? You think it's by mistake? You think this communist regime just slipped up and by accident let that message go out? You know, um, I said to you before, I said again, I'll say it again, just because the Russia-Ukraine fight is not our fight doesn't mean it's not a situation we shouldn't be concerned about. This could spiral out of control quickly. I'm afraid if the Chinese Communist Party learns a lesson from this, they'll invade Taiwan and we can find ourselves in a far worse situation. If that data is even remotely accurate, there's no reason they should be stockpiling all of those commodities to hedge against something without, uh, you know, without thinking what the something is. They know what the something is. Question is, do we know and in our intelligence? Now, one of the things I said to you yesterday about the Ukraine crisis is Biden has to get serious, folks. I'm on Team America, okay? I don't want America to lose here to make a political point. The guy in the White House is a hapless buffoon. That's obvious. But we're stuck with what we have right now, unfortunately. I wish President Trump was back in there right now. But Biden either has to do something serious, do something serious to stop what's happening in, the, uh, in, in, Ukraine, in eastern Ukraine with Russia, or he has to stand easy and keep them guessing. I want everybody to be clear on this. I, you know, I used to kind of, it's not a joke, but I used to jokingly refer to it in a number of situations as the Brock Lesnar, Vinny theory of foreign policy. There are two ways to do this. You can be the toughest guy on the block, like a Brock Lesnar type, and no one's going to mess with you because they, you know, you go in a bar, you see Brock Lesnar. How many beers do you have to have to drink before you take a shot at Brock Lesnar? 
The answer is there isn't enough beer in that bar for me to get my 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 caboose kicked by Brock Lesnar. He's a beast. You ever see him, UFC guy, WWE guy? He's like 6'6", 300 pounds of muscle, and he's mean looking too. I'm not trying to downplay this, but it, sometimes simple stories work best. You can do that in these, in these geopolitical fights where you have the biggest, baddest military in the world and nobody dares mess with you because you'll get crushed. One of the lessons they learn from the Iraq war, foreign governments around the world, is don't dare go to a ground war with the United States without nuclear weapons. You'll get crushed like the Iraqis did. Remember all the stories, show about the Iraq army? Oh my gosh, oh, yes. it's so powerful. One of the largest armies in the world. Elite. We we destroyed. It was humiliating. We destroyed them. Humiliating for them. That's because we had the Brock Lesnar approach. Or you could take the Vinny approach. What's the Vinny approach? Vinny was a kid I grew up with. He was a very small kid. Wasn't he wasn't had I don't think he had an ounce of muscle on him. But the thing with Vinny was he was unpredictable. Vinny'd fight you at the drop of a hat. He'd lose every fight, but it didn't matter because he'd fight you. And you take a few uh, lumps yourself. And you know what? I'm telling you, nobody messed with Vinny. Nobody. Even though they knew they could beat him in a fight because they knew they'd have to fight Vinny because Vinny was totally unpredictably wound up smashing you over the head with a bottle. Like Vinny, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Remember the Vinny? We've told the Vinny story a thousand times. So funny. I I hear you clearly. And now you like sound different. Like, is that Joe in my ear? It's so bizarre. (laughs) You sound great, though. Now, this applies to Biden now. Either Biden has to do something muscular with overwhelming sanctions, and it doesn't have to be force, or stand easy and be unpredictable. The problem right now is he's doing neither one of those things. Here, the Wall Street Journal described it perfectly. Yesterday, he came out and said, Biden came out, with sanctions, we're going to sanction these Russian banks, we're going to sanction these Russian oligarchs and their kids. And I was like, really? Because I did a little homework on those sanctions, and the journal reports on them. Uh, Here's what's actually going on with the sanctions, folks, so you know. Biden said the U.S. will impose full blocking sanctions on a Russian military bank and VEB, the State Development Corporation. It's also cutting off Moscow from Western financing through sanctions on Russian sovereign debt. Oh, but there's fine print. Isn't there always fine print? You think Putin hasn't seen the fine print? What does the fine print say? It says that the ban applies only to debt issued by Russia after March 1st. Previously issued debt can still be traded in secondary markets. In other words, doesn't do anything at all. You've got a couple of sanctions against banks. Okay. The sanctions against these Russian oligarchs were already in place. They only added the kids to it, which is a minor thing at best for them, an inconvenience. And then the sanctions they're recommending on Russian debt. In other words, Russian bonds not being able to be traded. Don't even apply to bonds that are out there right now. Just bonds after March 1st. You don't think Putin's is like, I smell weakness. This is the neither the Brock Lesnar nor the Vinny approach. This is the Brinny approach. You're trying to be halfway between both. Either cut them off from Swift, sanction every single person involved with this thing, their kids, their uncles, their dogs, their cats, everything. You know, sanction everyone in London, Grad, over there in London where the Russians go and hide their money. Or just sit back and wait and be strategically ambiguous, which will scare Putin a little bit because he doesn't know what you're doing. But don't do this and embarrass yourself. You're inviting more. You're inviting more uh, 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 depredations by this, this lunatic in Russia. Now, 
Being strategically ambiguous has its benefits. I always said this about Trump, that one of the benefits of Donald Trump in office was that they never knew what he was going to do. He was the Vinny character. He was unpredictable. I'm going to show you in a minute what I mean. Uh, let me get to my next question. I'm going to show you in a minute exactly what I mean. Why they didn't mess with Trump. He understood the Vinny approach. Be unpredictable and nobody wants to mess with you because they don't understand what the consequences could be. Predictability. It's a strategic asset. Trump was unpredictable. So uh, getting back to this story here. Here's what I mean by unpredictability and the... Hold on, I gotta turn my AC down. It's hot in here. So uh, Trump, he, he had the Vinny approach. They never knew what he was going to do and they did not mess with him for four years. I've discussed this story on the show many, many times, right? And nobody seems to believe me. I bring it up and no one believes me that this was a strategic benefit to Trump and this is why Putin wouldn't mess with him. I've told the story on the show about the Russian mercs in Syria. They had this mercenary force in Syria. You haven't heard much about the story. The reason you haven't heard about it is because the media sidelined the story. They talked about it a little bit, but it made Trump look tough on Russia, so you never heard about it. Did you know he wiped out 90 Russian mercs and 100 recruits of other nationalities in Syria with zero injuries to U.S. personnel? Holman Jenkins talks about it in this Wall Street Journal piece today, containing Russia old school. Jenkins says a delicate observation also needs to be made. He saved his Ukraine depredations for the Obama and then the Biden administration. Talking about Putin. Though his expectations of Mr. Biden so far seems to have been disappointed. His biggest misreading may have been, talking about Putin, of the events of February 7, 2018. That was the day U.S. ground and air forces in Syria destroyed an armored Russian mercenary column, killing an estimated 90 Russian citizens and 100 recruits of other nationalities at a cost of zero injuries to U.S. service personnel. Folks, I'm not asking you to agree with the decision or not Trump made February 7th of 2018. But Trump, as commander-in-chief at the time, obviously it's 2018, gave Jim Mattis the go-ahead, the defense secretary at the time, to annihilate, in their words, a group of Russian mercenaries in Syria. For strategic reasons. They warned the Russians. They went through proper deconfliction channels and they warned these Russian mercs, we are going to kill you if you don't leave. You know what Putin said, Joe? No, you won't. Huh. I don't mean to make light of death, but that decision didn't quite work out for Putin, did it? Do you know that was the largest loss of life in decades in a Russian-U.S. military interaction. You're like, my gosh, I've heard about that before on your show, but I haven't heard about it in the mainstream media much. Why is that? Because it defeated almost immediately the narrative that Trump was a Russian stooge. Really? By wiping out nearly 100 Russian mercenaries in the Syrian desert? Really? That's what Russian stooges do? And you know what Vladimir Putin did about it, ladies and gentlemen? Nothing. Because Trump was unpredictable. Biden's very predictable. How do we know Biden's predictable? Because Biden tells you what he's going to do because he's an idiot. He told Putin, if you just invade eastern Ukraine and it's a minor invasion, 
that there was going to be some dispute about how serious to get about sanctions, which is, Joe, shocker, exactly what happened. Why is Biden predictable? Because he tells you what he's going to do. Right. Now, the humiliating, embarrassing media, which you haven't heard much about that, that Merck story. I've discussed it on Fox. I've discussed it here. You're not watching the show. You never heard of that story. The embarrassing media is using this Ukraine crisis because they need to do what they do, you know, propaganda. That's what they do best. They're a liberal activist group full time to try to run a protection racket for Biden. You would think to yourself, my gosh, we have potentially World War Three breaking out in Eastern Europe any day now. And the media is trying to find trying to find and gaslight a narrative to help Joe Biden. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, they are. That's how crazy it is. Here's a tweet by C- uh, CBS News, which has been ratioed into the phantom zone from Superman. Listen to this garbage. The U.S. economy has been hit with increased gas prices, inflation, and supply chain issues due to the Ukraine crisis. You know, there are levels of media depravity, ladies and gentlemen. Um, And every single day when I think we've hit the basement of depravity, they go even lower. You're suggesting to me that this multi-month-long crisis been about a year now with inflation is due to the ukraine invasion that happened just this past week that's it moving on just please ignore these people thank you for getting your news here where we actually have some fidelity to the truth and some dignity and some honor these people have lost all all sense of dignity the embarrassment never stops Folks, this inflation crisis is real. It is not entirely unrelated to Ukraine, but Ukraine is certainly not the cause of the cause, the exclusive cause, anywhere close to the exclusive cause of the inflation crisis. We're not CBS News here. We do actual news. But it is becoming a really serious national security issue, as serious a national security issue as Russia and China will be long term. Why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be really hard to defend ourselves in the future when we have no darn money. The debt and the inflation rate are tied together. We keep printing more money to pay for things we can't afford, creating debt. The printed money then chases the same amount of products, causing the prices to go up. Debt and inflation are tied together. They are two peas in the same pod. Jeb Henselling has a great piece in the journal today explaining how bad the debt crisis and the inflation crisis are, are, are both are right now. He says, quote, the national debt this month reached $30 trillion, folks. It's not just that this is the largest debt in U.S. history in dollar terms, but the ratio of debt to GDP, folks, is 119%. That's the largest it's ever been in our history, including World War II. And things are only getting worse. The CBO predicts the mammoth debt to GDP ratio is going to double over the next three decades. The highway trust fund will become insolvent in 2027. Medicare Part A will be out of money in 2026. And Social Security will go bust in fiscal year 2033. They are tied together. Do you understand what's creating the inflation crisis? The Federal Reserve will not be able to stop inflation if we continue to print money to go into debt to buy and finance government programs we don't have money for. It doesn't matter. 
It's like putting a Band-Aid on a cancerous tumor. Oh, look, I got a Band-Aid. It's not going to do anything. This is how you know the inflation crisis is bad. Here's CBS News, the same CBS News that sent out the embarrassing tweet before their social media person should be fired for. Here's one of their own reporters at CBS News like, hey, let's go out and interview some people on the street about inflation. Maybe they won't think it's so bad. Oh, look what happens when you talk to people about the kitchen table issue of our time, how much they're paying for gas and for food. Listen to what they have to say. Check this out. Americans are now shelling out even more money. Consider some of these numbers. The cost of a new vehicle up more than 12%. The cost of furniture up more than 9%. And the amount you're paying at the grocery store up 7.4% compared to this time a year ago. Inflation is up. It's up. But Americans don't need the reminder. Delivery costs, like product costs, everything seems like it's going up. Prices are skyrocketing with no signs they're coming down soon. Gas prices up a whopping 40%. Furniture, used cars, and electricity also seeing a surge. At the grocery store, staples like eggs and pork are more expensive. With the cost of food, you just have to bite the bullet. And, you know, some things you just have to sacrifice. I mean, when CBS is doing MOS, right, man on the street, and you're getting people and you can't even get in, uh, find a person out there to acknowledge that it's not so bad and everyone's telling you how awful it is. Ladies and gentlemen, in some limited circles, show we call that a clue. Yeah, their social media guy wants to tie it to Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, okay, smart move there. All right, moving on. Uh, you know, one of the things we've addressed on the show repeatedly, because there are evergreen themes, you know, the left uses fear as a commodity. It's their coin of the realm. It's an exchange mechanism they use to advance their tyrannical powers. You're seeing it right now with uh, Dictator Trudeau and Deputy Dictator Freeland up in Canada. The only way they can get you to believe that your heroic, patriotic, hardworking truckers are a bunch of Al-Qaeda terrorist equivalents that require special emergency powers to prosecute is to, is to do what? To get you scared of them. Fear. Fear is their coin of the realm. Always, every single time. I can't emphasize enough the walking dead hypothesis, right? You walk into a prison to protect yourself against the zombies on the outside you only put yourself in a prison if you're more afraid of what's outside the prison. That's the only reason you would lock yourself up and give up your freedoms. But it requires fear. You have to fear the zombie on the outside. But what if the zombie doesn't exist? What if the zombie on the outside is in fact scary, but not nearly as scary as you think it is? That's what the left is doing now. They need this fear to continue. To get you to walk into their prison. That's what COVID has done for them. It's why they want the mask. It's a visual symbol of the pandemic we're in. Everybody's scared all the time. And that's why they need the mandates. It allows them to use fear to get government to shrink the individual sphere of freedom and pass it off to the expanding government sphere of control. Dr. Peter McCullough explains this beautifully. He was on a show uh, yesterday. And he explained to the host beautifully how there are two pandemics right now, a viral one and a fear one. And listen to him eloquently explain this fear campaign. This is the tool they are using to take away the truckers' rights, kids' rights, 
educational rights, your rights, civil rights, and everything else. Check this out. I think there's really two epidemics. There's an epidemic, a viral epidemic that's been uh, here for two years. And then there's actually even a bigger epidemic of fear. And the fear mm-hmm. is driving so much uh, behavior right now and, and so many actions. And I, I can tell you right now, if tomorrow in Australia, we announced all mandates are being dropped, everything's being dropped, return to normal and just treat uh, the occasional high-risk patient with COVID-19, there would be a national holiday in Australia. There would be a relief. If you were to ask somebody, uh, what creates the most anxiety in your life? Um, is it COVID-19 the illness or is it the pandemic response? I think it, the answer is a pandemic response. You're darn right. Nailed it. The pandemic response becomes this feedback loop where the fear generates more fear, which isolates people from the truth, which generates more fear. Remember the poll, Guy? Remember that poll we had up when they asked liberals about the death and hospitalization rates from COVID? Not like, they were off by, I don't even know what it was. Let me undersell it to not be hyperbolic. They were off by a factor of two or three. Say the hospitalization rate was like four or 5%. It was something like they thought it was... Tw- I know, I'm trying to be nice. Guy says it's more like a factor of 40. But in the interest of not doing what CBS News and other clown show media people do, I'm underselling it. Say it was double. Liberals were off so badly, which explains to you that this fear campaign is working. It's a tool. It is totally unrelated to COVID. COVID is a vehicle to instill a sense of fear to get you to give up your civil liberties and your rights. Mandates, your money, attack the truckers. Crush political dissent. They're tools. See them as tools. That's what they are. Thank you, Joe. Perfect. Ha, ha. Yeah. popped you with edge. Whenever we hear that. Very nice. Thank you. All right. Moving on. Definitely the same. That one went a little long today. All right. Yeah, I got it. All right. That's okay. You can let that. You can leave it in. You can leave that. We were surprised by how Joe usually just plays the intro, but it's okay. Don't edit that. Leave that. In. I was actually surprised. Guy and I were both like, is it going to keep going? Are we listening to the whole anthem? What the hell is he doing? Leave it in. It's the fourth estate. Fourth estate. Leave it in. We Ordinarily, we'd edit. Not today, because I think it's kind of funny, because you can see the look on both of our faces. He's like, is this going to continue to go? All right. Let me get to my last sponsor, Joe's favorite, actually, Rock Auto. And on the other side of this, folks, the crime numbers. For the NYPD just came out. The Comstat numbers. It's short for computer statistics. Folks, they are staggeringly bad. Staggeringly bad. Showing you again the left's fear porn campaign. Keep voting Democrat. Public safety. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're safe, all right. That's if you don't believe in data. Look at the numbers. Their own numbers. I'll put them there in a second. So scrolling around and doing my show preparation, both last night and this morning, we put a lot of time in this show because I owe that to you. It's what I'm supposed to do. It's my job. I saw this chart and I was stunned. It is the comp. Now, uh, having worked in the NYPD, let me translate this for you. Uh, this is CompStat. You'll see it at the, if you're watching on Rumble. It says at the top CompStat. That's short for computer statistics. CompStat was a revolution in policing. It happened. Get on it. Early 90s, they started CompStat in New York. Uh, before that, well, what happened before, Dan? They didn't monitor crime statistics. They did, but it was just pin maps and stuff. 
Jack Maple and Bill Bratton came into the NYPD, and it's a model that eventually made its way around the entire country. Uh, they put broken windows policing in place, and they started saying to precinct commanders, I remember I lived through it, hey, man, when you show up, you better have your data. And I'm telling you, folks, these precinct captains who in years past would just show up to one police plaza, NYPD headquarters, and you'd be a big coffee clutch. They talk to the first deputy. Yeah, how are things in the seven five precinct? Yeah, oh, they're great. We're uh, Joe. They Joe. They'd be like, "We're making headway, hoorah!" And they'd be like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, okay, you want a coffee?" Yay. That's what would happen. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they do. Well, Jack Maple and uh, Bill Bratton get uh, take over the NYPD, and they're like, "No, no, we're not doing that anymore. Now we want data, computer statistics, comp stat." So these precinct commanders start showing up, and the first few times they get there, they're like sweating. They're like, uh, sir, you had seven robberies in the corner of uh, Sutter and Van Sindrin. Uh, uh, what, what, what did you do? I, I did. I had seven. They didn't even know. They didn't even know. I remember because I remember the precinct captain and the precinct I was in and a couple of detectives were talking about how he was sweating Comstat. These are the numbers. This is how bad. This is from the NYPD themselves. This is how bad it's gotten in New York. Look at what he's highlighting here. This is week to date, 2021 through 2022. Rapes. Up 63%. Robberies, 63.7%. Felony assaults, up 23%. Burglaries, 21%. Grand larcenies, 79%. Look at all these misdemeanors as well. Sex crimes. Pettit larcenies, up 46%. Transit crimes on the subway. Housing crimes in the, uh, in the, in the housing uh, facilities in New York City. Folks, this is an abomination. This is what happens when you throw broken windows policing out the window. What is broken windows policing? It's a very simple idea. It's the idea that when you arrest people and prosecute them for the small stuff, and I use that in air quotes because nothing's small, especially when it's a crime that happens to you. But when you arrest them for the small stuff, the big stuff takes care of itself. itself. We're doing the exact opposite right now in New York with gas, uh, in LA with Gascon, New York, with Alvin Bragg. The exact opposite is happening. They're going back to the old 1980s approach, Joe. Oh, don't worry. He's just jumping a turnstile, turnstile, let him go. Yeah, well, when I just saw a video this morning. People jumping turnstiles in New York. They're not even paying attention anymore. Folks, the same guy who's going on the train to commit one of these rapes that's up, what, 40% or whatever it was, is the same. You think he's paying to get on the train? You get him when he jumps the turnstile. He doesn't commit the rape. It's not like we didn't watch this happen before when we cut the crime rates in less than half. Feel bad for you if you live in a major city. Come down here, Martin County, our sheriff down here. Commit a crime down here, you're going to jail. You are going to jail. You make a U-turn when you come into this county because you are going to jail down here. And that's why our crime rates are really low. Word gets around. Don't commit crime down here. New York City, word gets around what? Ah, hey, jump the turnstile. No problem. All good. I got a couple more stories in the last few minutes of the show. They're important ones. Folks, one of my good friends is Ginny Thomas. I'm proud uh, and honored to call her a friend. Ginny Thomas uh, is a political activist and a fierce, fierce advocate for liberty. Now, because Ginny Thomas is a woman who happens to believe in liberty and freedom, uh, she is a target for the left because the left is full of misogynists and racists who, uh, if you don't tow the leftist uh, Justin Trudeau dictator line, they will attack you. I said that right, folks. It wasn't an accident. The left is populated 
uh, with misogynists and racists who hate any, they, they've nothing, they do are not in this for minorities or for women's rights. They're in this for liberal rights. I can prove it because when someone who is a strong, powerful woman like Ginny Thomas goes out and fights for liberty and freedom, what happens? The left goes after her even worse than they would a guy because she's a woman who they're supposed to be in the game for, tolerance and all, who is not towing the liberal line. Oh, liberal line. She doesn't do it. She gives them the double-barreled family-friendly. So the New York Times unleashed a grotesquely disgusting attack piece yesterday. Uh, the New York Times, one of these magazines. I'm sorry if it was the New York Times. I, I think it was the New York Times. I don't need, the problem is I don't want to give it any, any clicks. Uh, at all. I'm not even going to mention the title, but it was a gross attack piece. Um, the piece was horrible. And what's really going on right now with the left, forget the media because the left, the media is just a piece here, but the left's attack on Ginny Thomas, they have a two factor approach here. Ginny Thomas happens to be married to Clarence Thomas, the greatest Supreme Court justice in modern history. Ginny Thomas is her own person. I've said repeatedly, and I'll say it again, I think when both of them, uh, hopefully no time soon pass. I think they will be remembered as, uh, as equals in the fight for liberty and freedom. But the left as an approach, the reason they're attacking Ginny Thomas, my friend right now, my friend, is because they have a stack and attack approach to the courts. They're trying to stack the courts, the Supreme Court, to overcome the 5-4 conservative majority. Dan, it's 6-3. No, it's not. We got Robert. Sorry. It's 5-4. They're trying to overcome the 5-4 conservative majority. So they want to stack the courts with new Supreme Court justices. And they want to attack. They figure by misogynistically attacking Ginny Thomas. And believe me, that's what it is. I'm not saying that to play leftist identity politics. They really legitimately hate powerful women who are not liberals. Hate them with a passion. They think that by attacking Ginny Thomas, they're going to force a recusal from Clarence Thomas, which is ridiculous. Ginny Thomas is her own person. They have their own uh, agenda. They have their own careers. It's stack and attack. That's all the left cares about. Stack the court and get Clarence Thomas to recuse himself from cases. It was a disgusting attack. And I'm horrified by these liberals doing this repeatedly. A friend. Two more quick stories. Not a lightning round, but two more quick stories. One more of a favor. Um, folks, I have a Secret Service friend of mine who needs a favor. I don't do this often on the show, but when I do, I respectfully ask uh, if you could help. I would deeply appreciate it. There's an agent friend of ours uh, out of Detroit, a good man, and his son has a rare uh, brain disease. His son is Cody uh, Ellis, a rare brain disease. He needs a special bike to get around. Um, he's had a lot of complications. Um, the bike is very expensive. Uh, they're, they're doing a, a, a vote thing now. It's very simple. All you have to do is go and vote. It's nothing complicated. They don't ask for your personal info or anything like that. Um, the website, if you wouldn't mind voting for Cody, uh, he really needs uh, the bike folks, is a great bike giveaway.com slash Cody Ellis. You can see it on the screen if you're watching on Rumble. It's great, all common spelling, great bike giveaway.com slash Cody, C-O-D-Y-L-S-E-L-L-I-S, great bike giveaway.com slash Cody Ellis. If you could vote for, uh, for him, we'd really appreciate that. That would be great. Really needs the bike. Um, the father is a great man and a good man. Uh, and a really good, fantastic, patriotic human being who really needs the help. So uh, I'd appreciate it. It would mean a lot. Greatbikegiveaway.com slash Cody Ellis. Uh, thanks, guys. Um, one last story. 
I hate to do Joe, what's our rule about mentioning education? If you ever mention <laughs> your education, you're probably a moron. I'm sorry, but I, just for a second, <laughs> yeah. please allow me. I promise I'm not trying to look at me. I'm an educated man. I have a large collection of leather-bound books. Um, no, I... I <laughs> I, when I was in graduate school, gosh, that hurts to say, because it really sounds, well, I was in graduate school, uh, for neuropsychology, I was just enthralled, fascinated by how little we know about the brain. We, we just don't, folks. We just don't know a lot about the brain. We, we don't. We know a lot about cyclic AMP, and we know a lot about you know, brain anatomy, the decusation of the pyramids, and, and things like that. But we know very little about even basic brain functions like death. This story, it's in my newsletter. Read it. It is mind-blowing. It is, right? Even Gita. You know, Joe, Gita doesn't think anything's fascinating. Yeah. Nothing. Gita is the voice of reason on the show all the time. It's a Daily Mail story about an 87-year-old. It's in my newsletter, bongino.com slash newsletter. Please read it. So they have an 87-year-old with seizures. They have him on this brain scanning machine. I guess they're running some tests for his seizures. While on the machine, as they're monitoring his brainwave patterns, sadly, the man dies. So for the first time ever, they witnessed a death and the brainwave patterns while the subject was being tested. The article, the headline is, our lives really do flash before us. Scientists record the brain activity of an 87-year-old man at the moment he died revealing a rapid memory retrieval process. You've heard, Joe, you've heard it before, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, people who were revived, they're like, right. my life flashed before my eyes, right? You've heard it a thousand times. Well, it appears that that very well may be the case. Wow. They detected these, quote, rhythmic brainwave patterns right before this man's death. These rhythmic brain patterns were observed to be similar to those occurring during memory retrieval, as well as in dreaming and meditation. It supports a theory known as life recall, that we relive our entire life in the space of seconds like a flash of lightning just before our death. In fact, the brain may remain active and coordinated during and after the transition to death and may even be programmed to orchestrate the whole ordeal, according to researchers. I always look for a segue into faith. You can choose otherwise, but wouldn't that be interesting if the intelligent designer god almighty had designed a mechanism in our brain just seconds before death to let us live the whole thing out like a flash of light an amazing story read it i read it yesterday and uh just fascinated by it i'm gonna try to get someone on my fox show hopefully this week or next week to talk about this uh, see what you think Folks, thanks for tuning in. I really enjoyed today's show. I had a good time with you all today. Please subscribe to my Rumble account. We are at 2,200,000 subscribers on Rumble. Thanks to you. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Please subscribe. Also, you can find me on True Social, President Trump's new social media platform. I am at DBongino. We're almost at 30,000 followers there, and it's just about a week old. Thanks for your support. I'll see you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.